welcome to Vision Scope, a program designed to educate and inform on matters relating to disabilities. My name is Wilbert Williams. My guest today on Vision Scope is Mr. Shavane Daly. Shavane is a doctoral student and um, he is also a board member of the Jamaica Society for the Blind. Uh, Shavane has a great deal of experience in terms of his contribution to work for the blind and uh, we want to talk to him today and get some of his views. Shavin, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Williams, for having me. Yes, yes. Let's start at the very beginning. You, you were born with sight impairment. What is the position? Yes, so I, I was born visual. I was born with sight impairment. Yes, so I could see up until the age of fourteen. Mm -hmm. um, mm. And so, so you you went to the Salvation Army School for the Blind. Yes, definitely. Mm. I started there in ninety-seven when I was nine. Okay, <laughs> tell us tell us a little bit about your experiences at the Salvation Army School for the Blind. What was it like? All right, so at the school for the blind, for me, at first, it was a, a man, a, a, as you say, an eye opener. Because mm. that was the first time, first time I was experienced um, being in, a, in one location with so many blind and visually impaired persons. Mm -hmm. So, so joining the community at first was a, was a bit of a shocker for me. And then, well, quickly after that, I get used to it because I realized. But everyone is going around doing what they want to do, doing how they want to do it, and having fun and living. Mm -hmm. So within a, within a few weeks, I I just generally just gelling. So you 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 became comfortable with uh, among your peers very quickly. Yes, definitely. Yeah. When you were at school, what were your favorite subjects? Uh, for me at school, RE, history. Um, I think RE and history was, I would say, uh, was my favorite subject. Mm -hmm. And I was at school for the blind. Okay. And then, and then, what happened? Tell us, tell us about what happened. Um, what, what is it like later on? Did you go to any other schools outside of the school for the blind? I attended. Uh, sorry about that. I attended um, Jamaica College. Mm -hmm. um, well, before I I started going to the school for the band, I attended Victoria Primary, that's in Northwest Clarendon, for two years, for grade one and grade two. Then I went to the Sunbury All Age, that's in Northwest Clarendon as well, mm -hmm. um, for grade three. And then I went to the school for the blind for grade four, after which I went to Jamaica College and then to the University of the West Indies. What was it like at Jamaica College? Well, that was a great experience for me. Like, high school was fun for me. Honestly, it was really a fun experience. You know, you generally have one or two other students would give you trouble, you know, saying because of your, your visual impairment, they would trouble you. But for me, it would be like, I would say maybe a 80% mm. good experience versus a 20% bad. You know, I, I worked well with the teachers there, as well as most of my classmates. Hmm. You know, and the administrating staff was always supporting of did, us students who were there, who were blind and visually impaired. Did you find so that? Me, did I, you find that hmm. some of the same students who used to give you trouble and teased you became your friends? Yeah, definitely. That that was. <laughs> it's that an was irony, isn't the it? Weird, the weirdest thing at first. Yes. 
Yeah. They were troubling me, mm-hmm. and then eventually they started to defend me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> when they and got to know me, when they, they start defend you, you know that around. you have a friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Well, how did you manage with the schoolwork, being being blind and having to work alongside um, youngsters who could see? How did you manage with the schoolwork? What was it like? Well, generally within class. Um, the teachers were accommodating of me in terms of um, if, for example, I would take notebooks to school. If I had my brother, um, I would they would wait until I'm finished writing the notes when they are dictating or they were, when I'm using the braille machine, you know. And sometimes my friends would take notes for me, and then after class or maybe on weekends, would convert it either to my laptop mm. or. Or, or, or to 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 braille, you know. So I I was able to, I guess, be on par with them because I, I was always having the notes. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, you no know, volunteering, where students also come, other students who have clubs and so forth just come by the school for the blind in the evenings and volunteer, and I will be able to read my textbook. So one of the things that I would always have to do. I always try to be ahead of the class so much. So I always read like two or three chapters ahead because I know when she comes, when the teacher comes to class, they they although they accommodated of me, I don't want them to be say because of me they are going slow. Mm-hmm. So I always try to make sure whenever I get assignments, I do my homework, you know, and I make sure I do extra reading. So that's that's how I normally do it. Did you um, did you socialize very much? Um, with the students while you were there? Yeah, man, I socialized, I socialized a lot when I was at school. I had a few persons. Like, every lunchtime, you know, I'd walk with them. When school finished, I'd go to go, go on the bus with them and stuff. So I have a few friends that I would sit down and talk to before class starts in the morning and during lunchtime. Hmm. What, what was your... What was your greatest experience... When you were at um, Jamaica College, what was your greatest experience? Um, Hard to define, eh? Thinking about it, the greatest experience. Uh, while, while, while going to school at that time, and I was playing blind cricket for Jamaica at that time. Too, so when, you know, sometimes, you know, you have cricket tournaments, and that would maybe you'd have to leave school. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if it's in the east, you know that maybe you'll miss a few days from school. I know you go away to maybe Barbados or Trinidad, and when you come back, you know everybody is excited. I want to know you're blind, you play cricket, how you play it, you know. So I, I always feel good about that to know that although I'm blind, I'm able to contribute. Contribute to as a national development in terms of true sports, mm-hmm. you know, contributing to to uplift, um, the the uplift the country, uh, with my contribution. So, I was looking forward. I was look forward to that, and but, how they rate, and, and and it gave me a chance to also tell them more about blind and visual impaired and So, I was look forward to that. I was going to say because of your travels while you were in the class very often you became the ta- uh, the talking point of the class because people wanted to know what you what you did in trinidad or barbados or wherever you went did you find that to be a, a useful experience oh. all right so yeah they always want to find out know about that how was the country how the game play and how much how much rounds i make if mm. i take any ricket mm-hmm. and all that so they always want to know about that, and they very they always intrigue both students and teachers. You know, you you have to give them your statistics. I have to give them the statistics, you know. And yes. If I if I didn't make any runs <laughs> or something in a game, yeah, they just laugh up. You know, good something there, you know. But mm-hmm. it, it, they were always eager whenever mm-hmm. that time come. They always eager mm-hmm. to come to, to 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 learn about what happened when I went on those those cricketing tours. Okay. What, um, so the time came when you had to do exams. 
and mm -hmm. uh, you had to do some national exams. What 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 was it like then? Generally, um, doing exams, you know, we we do use reader write and stuff. So, you know, I study generally like I guess like every other student to read the notes over and try my best to prepare as best as possible. And then, you know, do read or write or do the exams, mm. you know. So they, they did us, you know, so you get teachers. So what they also do, they also the younger persons. For example, what I was doing my six, they will get more like in eighth and ninth grade to write for me, or they get a teacher. So they will get that is within my safe okay. or a sixth format to write for me, mm. unless it's necessary. And it's it was and, so they try yeah. I guess they put a transfer in terms to make sure that yo I right? And you were successful in those exams. And I was successful. Good, good. Um having completed your exams, you did you did what? You did the you did your CXCs and then you did your what? Cape? I did Cape, yeah. CXC and then Cape. And then Cape. And then you, you moved on to University of the West Indies. University of the West Indies, yes. What was the transition like moving from Jamaica College to the University of the West Indies? Alright, so I got accepted to do BSc in Psychology. And I've also done a minor in entertainment and cultural enterprise management. So, doing that course was, was a sense uh, for me, the best of both worlds, where um, growing up, I always wanted to do psychology. I wanted to be a psychologist, so to speak, you know. But um, you know, as, as life of it, you know, things take a, turn, a different turn, you know, more and more cultural now than on the psychologist side. But I, I still have that in me to do. Where even if, I guess a couple of years ago I did a, a certificate in counseling technique, um, which I got a distinction in as well. Too. So I still try to balance both of them because I think both of them are crucial to what I, I would want to to achieve. What was life like for you on the university campus? Uh, for me, it was. Uh, it was um, for me, it was just like, I guess, similar to ice, it was good, it was even better though. You know, I was on my own, um, cooking for myself, ironing for myself, washing for myself. So, the level of independence um, was really up in terms of, you know, you, 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 you don't have your parents around anymore. You understand? So, mm -hmm. most of the stuff I would have to be doing by myself, you know. So, I have one or two friends who maybe come by and... You know, help me one and two things, but majority of what needed to be done, I would have to be do, doing it by myself. So that that grounded, I say, my Gary Camera, UVC Family Connect. Voice so, message. so you so you relish the idea. Voice call. You relish the idea of of being on your own and being independent. Yes, man. I, I loved it, you know, because even before going to university, I was somewhat. Hmm. Uh, on my own in a sense where I was living in living with my aunt but she was more at work, you know, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. still in a sense taking care of myself. Mm. So it was but, kind of boarding accommodation really. Yeah, basically. <laughs> in yeah, a sense. Basically, yeah, yeah, when I was in sixth form. So it was the kind of boarding accommodation. Mm -hmm. So I was still basically doing everything for myself you know, when every now and then she would check in and make sure mm -hmm. I'm okay and mm -hmm. what's going on. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so I, I really stayed here because then I was able to, you, you know, that if, for example, you, you know, you have a certain amount of money, yes. you know, you have to make sure this work for the month. Because budget, budget, budget is key. Yeah, budget, you have to budget, budget was key for me then. And I think then and there, mm -hmm. I really um, captured that whole idea of budgeting, mm -hmm. putting up, put, put whatever is important at the forefront and then, you know, whatever comes next, comes next. That's when, when you, when you're on your own. That's when you begin to realize the practical things that you learned as theory in school, didn't it? Isn't that mm -hmm. the kind of idea you, you really begin to utilize 
some of those inf pieces of information that you got. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. What about what about challenges on campus? What are some of your major challenges on campus? On campus, they, for me, generally it was, I guess, similar in high school in terms of reading materials. Mm -hmm. The volunteers were there, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. You know, but um, getting to the library, looking for books, you know, going back to read them or to, to scan chapters out of the books, mm -hmm. you know, without sight, that can be a, a, a rough task. Oh, yes. Anyone. Oh, yes. And so that in itself for, for the years, you know, that was somewhat a challenge. Although I always managed to get through it, just mm -hmm. like other students, but that also was one of the biggest challenges for me. And I guess, I guess, I guess, part of the challenge too is that we we are not blessed with a lot of um, accessible equipment in this country, in Jamaica. So we yes. have to make do with what we have. That's true. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, man. Oh. Yes. What about what about mobility on campus? Um, was that a problem? Yeah, I, I, not. Exactly, mm -hmm. but um, because when I was in high school, I, I normally go to university, so somewhat I know how to get to certain like the all to the to the students for a special student service office, mm -hmm. and maybe to the to one or two of the banks to the cases. I knew a few places on campus. Yeah. But in terms of the classes now, yes. you know they are always all over the place on university, so some would be easy to get to, mm -hmm. and we I would have to get assistant um to go to some of those classes yes. because of which we are located. So that in itself can be proved. was proving a bit of proven challenging. Mm -hmm. If they have a late night class. <laughs> and campus, campus is not really fully accessible, physically. Um, to, no, to, to for, blind for the, for persons. The most part, um, for the most part, they, they try their best to make it. Yes, I know. Part of it. But the topography yeah. of the land and, you know, all the different encumbrances make it a problem for us. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, all right. So you, 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 you were successful in your undergrad degree. Mm -hmm. And. Um, what what next after that? So right away I had applied to do a master of arts um, degree in cultural studies. Mm -hmm. You know because um, then I wanted to do a psychology as I said before, but mm -hmm. they didn't have the program I want to do in psychology. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I, I went for the next best, and so I applied for psychology for cultural studies. I got through, and and that's the program I did then. Okay. And I'm doing the couple at well after five years or so I'm but now doing a PhD in cultural so, studies. So so um you completed it successfully and that yes. enabled you to go on to do your, your doctoral studies. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Okay. In between time you worked. Because I know I you're a man you're a man who can't sit still. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. So, after I, finished, I, I completed my master's degree, yeah. I, I tried my, to, to gain some level of employment. Most of them were part-time. Mm. I wasn't so able to get a full-time job to say I have a job for five years or for, or for the entire five years. So, I had jobs in, in between, some for three months, some for nine months, mm. some for six months. So, they were contractual based. Okay. So, I try my best, you know, to hold on to something while doing my own small entrepreneurial ventures in yes. and out yes. around as well. How much longer do you have to go in your doctoral studies? Well, I'm in year two. I'm just starting year two now. So mm. according to, I guess, the information sent out, mm. it should take us about five years. But I really hope I don't have to stay so long. I know, I know. So you want to get it over and done with, over if possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But but that depends on you, I would imagine, on your tutor and uh, the, yeah, level of your, the level of your work. If it's a topic that has to go to the ethics committee, that can take up to a year. Yes. So that will... That will and as well as revision by your own supervisor mm -hmm. and then you know um if they 
the markers as well and then the defense. So it can take a bit of time. So that's of those hope when you go to the ethics committee or ethics board rather, mm-hmm. it doesn't take too long. I would imagine that doing doctoral studies involves a lot of research and reading. Yes. Um, and how, how are you coping with that? Well, so far, um, honestly, so far so good. Because at the beginning of the program, you have like three courses that you have to do first. You have some certain amount of courses that you have to do. So I finished year one. We have done those two um, initial courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I passed them successfully. Okay. And the re- definitely, as I said, the research is, is heavily researched. Yes. So it, 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 how the course outline, there's little or no exams, really. Mm-hmm. It's just you doing papers, presentations, and presentations, and presentations. And it's writing a, a, a thesis towards the end. Yes, yeah, so after completing those courses, then you you know, while you're doing that, you still have to be you know fixing up your thesis. Yes. Um, in terms start working on it, you can't wait until maybe after two years to start to work on a thesis. Yes. So, but to put in a little, little every now and then. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know I know that despite your passion for studying, you also have a passion for. The development of music, especially the development of music in this country. Uh, tell us about your experiences and involvement in the music industry. All right, so, so my, my love for the music industry started back from when, when I was in um, school for the band. So I was in school for the blind. So there I played the drum. Oh, you were a drummer? Band. Yeah, mm-hmm. I played the drum. Mm-hmm. Used to be on choir, went to JCDC, um, um, participated in JCDC festivals mm. and all those stuff. The whole works that you're doing, you know, secondary school yes. and primary school, did all those stuff. Mm. In while doing while in high school, you know, I tried the whole thing as, a, as an artist, you know, still can do my thing, but you know, I realized that hey, everyone is not make out to be an artist, so mm. you additional, I have additional, um, I would say. Um, characters that I could use to benefit persons in the music industry mm-hmm. or, or the creative industry. So I start to look more towards marketing and public relations as it is to music in terms of getting persons, interviews, you know, getting publications in the newspaper and getting the, getting them, them them music known, right? So that that's what I'm focusing on right now. Yes. But my, my, I want I want us to move from a, a area that's just only who have the capital will be able to success will be successful in the music because when I was trying as an artist that's what I faced mm-hmm. because I didn't have the music didn't have the money my songs weren't able to be played on the radio you know or I wasn't able to to get performance as how I'd wanted it mm-hmm. you know so that pushed me to be the person in terms of Instead of trying myself to be an artist, I try to see if I can get those artists who are trying or who don't have the, the, the funding capacity to get their music out there. And, and through that, I, I came up with a radio program, which which um, I did a demo for and was accepted by New Star 93 FM mm-hmm. as a radio station on UA campus. Yes. And I started um, a show there from 2013, June, and on Saturdays. So, I use that outlet basically to assist um, up-and-coming artists or creators mm-hmm. who who might otherwise wouldn't be able to get an interview on media on mainstream radio. So generally, I I wouldn't interview those who are, who are popular really unless it's necessary to gear towards the topic. That it's up-and-coming artists. It's up-and-coming artists as well as S- um, experienced artists like those artists from the seventies and the eighties, mm-hmm. and those producers like you know, I would go for those person, mm-hmm. you know, to, to 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 share their experience, what they have gone through, what they would have changed now, and what these up and coming artists to for them to look at, you know, to to do make the same mistake like some of them would have made back in the past. So I do a, a mixture of the young up and coming and those. You know, who, who might who have done their time, maybe still touring, but who have done their time in the music. Mm-hmm. So they are not the popular 
the talk of the town now, so to speak. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's the balance I, I, I strike when I was doing my program on, on, on radio and still doing yeah. with my podcast today. Yes, you are an established podcaster. You do a weekly podcast on yes. a syndicate of stations. Yes. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? All right, so the idea for the podcast came up in 2018 when I was in St. Martin visiting um, on, on vacation. I was there and I was saying that um, the, 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 the funding, you know, it's difficult in a sense to, you know, to every day get up to do the show, not making much money. But instead of stopping, why I don't do do a podcast where... Do a, do a podcast where I could share to share do a podcast to share to several um, radio stations. So I start while while still having the the the, 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 the radio program on News and the Three FM. I started a podcast only for a radio station in Saint Martin. That's SOS ninety five point nine, and that sounds at Saint Martin ninety five point nine in Margot Saint Martin. For the benefit and of our listeners, Saint Martin is a. Uh... Is an island in in the Caribbean. Yes, in the east, eastern eastern Caribbean. Caribbean. So you started yes. with them. Yeah, I started with them. Yeah, so that's next door to Angola. For those who know, Angola is right next to Angola. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I started I started the, the entertainment trail uh, radio show podcast there with them for mm. I think a year or two, mm-hmm. doing it only for them. And then after that, I I said okay. Instead of doing both of them, doing the live radio four to six on a Saturday, and then still doing the podcast to, pr- to provide the podcast for SOS Saturdays one to two, why not just do a straight podcast, right? And then so then I got through to to to, to put it on Zanz Radio, that's an internet radio based in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got through to Dodge Radio, that's also an internet radio station based in the UK. Yes, and I think about two years ago. I got it on uh, UVC radio. So so those are the stations. And it's still being broadcasted on yes. New Star New Star 93FM, Saturdays 9 to 10 p.m. Do you have any plans to go further in podcasting? Or yes, in radio? Yes, yeah, man, yes, definitely. Um, As I mentioned before, the capital is proving a bit difficult for me to do so. Oh, yes, that want to start up properly. Yes, yeah, so what I, I want to do is to do some projects, you know, to see if I could get like, maybe some broadcasting projects to get some funding where I could bring on other visual impaired persons or persons who have disability mm. that could contribute um, fruitfully to the, to the, to the, to the cause. Because what I want to do is to, to create like a, a blind cast um, network mm-hmm. where um, I would have several podcasts on, on, that, on that network, right? So, for example, uh, the entertainment trail is uh, automatically going to be one. Yes. You know, and yes. if for those who know, I also do the Blind Cricket Club podcast. Oh, so I, I, I didn't know so, that. So that. Yes I, yes, I do the Blind Cricket Club podcast. I started that 2019. So mm-hmm. what I do, I do um, interviews on blind cricketers around the world, you know, and with tournaments coming up, I provide latest updates. I haven't done much since COVID, mm-hmm. but it looks like things getting back now, so I'm planning to start up some new episodes. I have some interviews that I have done throughout mm-hmm. COVID that I will release as for season two. So season one is already, persons can go there and listen to season one, mm-hmm. and that's the Blind Cricket Club. It's an anchor, Apple podcast, and, and, and such. So that's what I want to do. I want to have different um, podcasts mm. that gears to, to I guess, we'll say, blindness, so to speak, and, and culture, in culture in general. You, you, you kind of began to answer my next question, which mm-hmm. is, uh, there, is a, there is currently a, a hiccup in admin in the administration of blind cricket in the Caribbean, is there mm-hmm. is there any end in sight to the resolution of of, of, of that hiccup? Well, definitely there's an end. You know, it's just for us to come together as one and realize that the cricket in the region is damaged and it needs to be fixed. Yes. And for it to be fixed, we have to um, get all the persons who are in position of the leadership now 
mm. and then restart creating a new board. You understand? And mm. they could create it first. You yeah, understand? Yeah. What, what I'm seeing happening is persons putting themselves first and not the cricket. Mm. And that is one of the reasons why the cricket is where it is currently. So once we're able to do what is right, um, without a doubt, um, the cricket should be back on stream soon. And there are some movements going on currently where if persons take it seriously, if they love the cricket as they say they do, mm. we will be able to hopefully have some cricket playing by by next year that is 2023 would you say that it's lack of resolve that is holding back the solution to this problem well um i think if, if i realize in terms of the society and a whole in terms of the west indies culture mm -hmm. i think it, it stem it is stemmed from that where the same thing that happened in conventional um, cricket or conventional society in terms of the West Indies, the different mm -hmm. rivalry between different islands, the same thing spills over into blind cricket. Mm -hmm. And as a minority group, in terms of blind and visually impaired persons, mm -hmm. we can't afford to operate the same way. No. Because no. we don't have the resources that they, the other persons have. So we're still at a disadvantage, although we are still a part of the, the, the whole in terms of that particular island. And it stifles growth. It stifles growth if yes. we follow that path. I also noticed that you are an individual who loves to help people in your field to grow. And... Um, mm -hmm. I hear that you have been of assistance to a couple of persons to get them up and running in 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 podcasting. Um, how has that been? Well, for me, as 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 I said, I like to help people. So for those who really know me, when 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 I get an opportunity to help someone, I'm really happy. So um, doing doing my programs, and I see where I could fit in someone i would definitely just bring them in the loop you know mm -hmm. and as uh, for those who know for example like the dj king you always speak about it so yes it, i think if i don't say if i say it here you know, you always speak about it yeah he was the one who, I, who informed me mm -hmm. yes because for him I, I i took him on as my dj mm -hmm. for my radio, radio program while i was on New stock working from four to six on Saturdays, mm. so that was one of the first experience. Maybe outside of Patrick Lafayette, you know, and others, mm. I've had a straightforward blind DJ. Well, Patrick Lafayette was a presenter, so to speak. Yeah. But they was, was basically maybe the first blind DJ, one of the first blind DJ playing on live radio in Jamaica, and I see where I could bring him, bring him on as as, as my my uh, what do you call my partner, mm. you know, while. I, interview and I do the, the hosting he mm. do the music and I and I didn't allow him to just do the music because he's very knowledgeable in terms of music so yes. from time to time I would bring him on to partake in some in the interviews as well so I do though I, I, I'm really happy to do those stuff because for me teamwork is better than you trying to do everything yourself because mm. everybody have different qualities yeah and everybody something different to the table and and also for those who know like Tana Thomas, she started with me mm. on the entertainment show. She is now at Nationwide. And she's and doing very well. Definitely she's doing very, mm. very well. And one of the things that assisted me with bringing 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 on person to my program and, and, and molding them is the passion that I have to help people as well as, you know, the whole counseling thing in me. Mm. You know, because you know what they would be nervous at times yes. and things are here, you know, to, to, to support and push them. A lot so, of hand-holding. Yes, definitely. And there are several persons who, have, who would have passed through um, my program, would have volunteered with me, would have doing social media at the time when I was on radio, or they just assisting in produ assisting, producing and, and such. So I, 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 I've done a bit of that. You know, and I still want, still are planning to do more. Mm -hmm. I have a, a space that I'm constructing at the moment. It's somewhat finished. It's fin well, the building is already finished. It's just to get the electronics up, do the painting, and uh, basically that's it. What what is left to, to to do to finish that space 
all the doors are on, uh, you know, the counters are being created now in terms of, because I'm doing a space where I do printing for entertainment purposes, as well as like certificates. General, basically, I print, but then the entertainment is there as well. There's a room, actually, there's a room there for the radio station. There's so a studio, there's plan. a studio. Yeah, the studio is a so it's a media complex in in short. Basically, yeah. it's a media complex, yeah. All media right. and entertainment complex. Alright. That sounds that sounds good. Alright. Mm. Um because you know there's always a need for um space where people can do recordings. And mm -hmm. and there is also a need for space where editing can be done. Yes. And and and, and so the any any addition to this is welcome mm -hmm. okay we've been talking a lot about the prof your professional side I want to focus for a little while now on Chavain the man what 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 kind of music do you like I know you have gone into all genres but what 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 genres grab you most? Well, definitely, as I said, I've I've gone into everything. From generally, um, I love music on a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, for me to relax, if you want to say like the relaxing music for me, you know, I like reggae music in terms of, as I always say, the ones that are popular, yeah, fine. In terms of on a whole, in a general vibe, maybe having a drink, playing a domino game or so. But I love the, those songs that are not popular. Yes. I, I, if, if, if persons listen to my podcast, I play a, a lot of unpopular songs. But you can't say they are not nice. Mm. Are not not unpopular good. in the sense that they're not getting enough airplay. They're not getting, yes, they are not getting enough airplay. But they are, for me, they are big tunes. Mm -hmm. You know, and generally, I, I normally go for those type of songs in terms of reggae, whether reggae or dancer. Mm -hmm. as well and I also um, for me I love like Spanish music like bachata you know, mm -hmm. I, like, I, I like those songs I like reggaeton mm -hmm. I, I like the slower version of reggaeton um, not the one I like, I, like the, I like both of them but I prefer the slower version yes yes and, those and grab you more yeah mm -hmm. and Afrobeat is, you go without saying, saying it Afrobeat you know mm -hmm. <laughs> I always listening to Afrobeat, you know, that's that's just my, I, before Afrobeat popular now, mm -hmm. one of the thing, um, I, one of the thing I used to get cursed out for when I was on live radio was, um, <laughs> I used to play a lot of African dance and African reggae mm -hmm. and Afrobeat, so that like, this is like 2013, 2014, you know, and uh, so persons used to always say, yo, Mm. I don't even understand what, what those persons are saying. Fora, come second chat. Voice message. This is a person who's a call. Fora, come second chat. Voice message. Voice call. And I was saying, yo, just listen to music. You understand? Starting. I don't understand. Stop help. Perform before three finger double tap. Toggle mute. The is good. The beat is good. Just enjoy it. And I always tell them that. Three finger double tap. Toggle mute. The place. Yes. And without say, without do. Four finger double tap. Start help. Stopping help. Basically, it's, it's, it's a thing now, you know? And so that's that me. I like to experience new music. Mm -hmm. so, so that, 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 that is a thing for me. So well, those are the jobs that would, would, would fit in me mostly. If you, <laughs> if you were exiled on an island and you were allowed to take only one album, which album would you take with you? This one is tricky. <laughs> Listen, vision friends. Voice oh message. Boy, this one is tricky. Voice call. Speech off. I don't even know. You can't um, decide. Probably, if you go, maybe Bob Marley's Soul Revolution, that last album he did. Okay. With Redemption song on it. Mm -hmm. Probably, that would, I think that would be a good pick. Okay. Um, As well as, I think, maybe Akon locked up. That album <laughs> you know what it sounds to me like it sounds yeah. to me like you would end up doing your own mix Most likely. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that would work maybe eventually maybe that would happen yes yes i know that 
to, in order to do your studies, you have had to read a lot. But um, is there any author that stands out for you? You know, funny enough, um, looking at especially cultural studies, um, and the person that stands out was um, Stuart All. I don't know if a lot of persons know who Stuart All is. Um, is He's a Jamaican that went to Britain, I think, in 1951. Mm. And he developed the, the cultural studies department in Britain. He was one of the forefront persons who really developed cultural studies in Britain, really. Mm. And he, he really spoke about life situation. And persons were saying, like, how can you study these things? You know, and he, and he, he didn't give up and he, 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 he advocated. Um, his life was like a cultural advocate then, so to speak. Yeah, yes. So he went around, see what's going on, and write about it. Mm. And then academize. If, if there's such a word, academize it, I don't know. But if you, you get what I'm saying, he, he put um, theories to these things. Mm -hmm. and within 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 a couple of years, you know, culture studies is a big thing. Mm -hmm. You know, because it wasn't just in a corner room in a university in in, in, in England. And he and he, he, went, he attended Jamaica College as well, too. Mm -hmm. Part of his reason to to develop um, culture studies that to write about those things before I guess you'd say become culture studies was the same situation that he was going on going throughout here because he I guess he, he was a cool as we say in Jamaica and he he went through a traumatic experience where his sister was denied being with a person um, it was this Asian guy that came to Jamaica to study. And although he was, I would say, middle class, it's, his peers didn't want her to talk to him because he was black. And, okay. and it, it traumatized his sister, and he saw what that did to his sister. And because of that reason, he went away and he said he would never live in Jamaica again. Oh. So he, he, he has a popular theory that, that in a sense, or a thought you could say, they said, I can go home, but I can't stay. So it, something yes. like that. Mm hmm you understand? So, mm -hmm. for me, Stuart Hall, I think, is one of those persons who really delves with a lot of stuff that has to do with our culture, in terms of the classism, and, and all those stuff. So, um, I would say maybe he's one of the persons who really stands out um, to me, uh, as a USA, as a clarin, um, Caribbean um, academic. What kind, of, what kind of food do you like to eat? This is a nice part, no. Generally, everybody who knows me knows me. I love pork. So, that has to be one. Regular chicken, everybody likes chicken. But I like a, a good pot of soup, whether it may be gungo, yes. lentil soup, or red pea soup. I love soup. So, a lot of people find that funny. You know, I, I, I will drink soup two or three times for the week. I, I just love soup. You know, you put your yam in it, your sweet potato, your dashing. You enjoy your food. Yeah, I enjoy my food. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you and I, you and I have things in common because we went to the same school earlier. Yeah. We um, different times, but yes, we belong to the same school, same alumni. Um, and you recently you have become a chairman of that alumni association um, mm -hmm. what, what what are your views about the alumni and how what in your tenure how do you propose to move it forward all right so for me all right when when i was um, going to school at the salvation school for the band um i always the old students come here they buy cheers they buy coolers they buy water tanks and all those stuff so i was like Okay, that's nice. And I didn't really understand what they're supporting, right? But after leaving school, understanding what alumni really means and how persons can contribute and what they can do to, to better the life of persons who are currently going to the school. Um, in 2019, I, I, I went to the AGM. I was nominated and I became the first vice chair at that time. Mm. For this year, and I was elected, as, as I just said, as the, the new chairman for the association. And I generally enjoy 
giving myself in terms of servicing and I, I, I have received a lot of assistance over the years whether it may be from um, JC old boy assisting with tuition getting scholarships volunteers assisting me reading my textbooks so I, I, I know what it is to be assisted and for me I just want to do that um, for as many persons as I can whether it may be blind and visual impaired or otherwise you know, even if I'm just being an inspiration to someone, for me, that is helping the person to move from one state of mind to the next. Yes. So for me, I, I just want to give myself as long as I can. And, and so that's why I serve. Or that's why I, I'm interested in the association, the alumni. And going forward, I just want to put certain programs in place. I want to get some funding to provide like small grants for the students at the school for the blind because definitely we know they need it because I used to be in that same position and the majority of students who are blind and visually impaired, even those who have disability, generally come from the, the poorer part of the society. So without a doubt, we do um, need we do, we do need help. So that my entire um, tenure will be based on providing as much help as I can in whatever form, really. And you will you will admit that the the alumni has a difficulty in that um, a large percentage of its members are unemployed. Yes. Because you know blind blind and pe blind people and people with disabilities don't get jobs easily. Yes. And so there's a high unemployment rate among us. Um, mm -hmm. Is there anything that the alumni can do at this stage? I know we have tried in the past and with limited success, but um, do you have any plans to resuscitate any of those concepts or new ones? Or you haven't given well, it a well, thought well, yet? One of the things that I, I was thinking about for a while now is how best we can partner with the Society for the Blind closer there's some partnership, mm -hmm. but to partner with the Jamaica Society for the Blind, um, as well as Jamaica Council for Persons with Disabilities, mm -hmm. closer in terms of if we could maybe arrange some internships, you know, a, a, more, a more stronger internship that can be a fruit, you understand, and mm -hmm. use the, the Disability Act, in a sense, to the best of our ability in terms of sustaining mm -hmm. some level of employment or even training for persons who are blind and visually impaired, leaving out, leaving school, graduating, um, going into the work world, so even to provide some form of training for them to get some level of employment. So it it will be difficult mm -hmm. because as uh, you know, as all the society is, when it comes to persons with disabilities, you know they are even if you are qualified, it's difficult as I mentioned before to get employment. But nevertheless, we have to try and see what we we, we can accomplish. One of the problems that we face as a people is that the Council for Persons with Disabilities in Jamaica is limited in scope mm -hmm. and it's limited in resources. Yes. And so that makes it difficult because many of the services that should be offered by them cannot be offered. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe maybe over time we can help them to 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 develop the thinking and go for some funding mm -hmm. i don't know it's, uh, a, it's just a thought with, with, yeah with, with them becoming a body corporate now in Jamaica, mm. i think it will give them more room mm -hmm. to see for better funding in terms of they won't just be depending on the, the government that jamaica for funding you know, in terms that they can seek outside sources, it'll be easier for them. Maybe they should, they could have done it before, but becoming a body carpet it will make it a bit easier for them to source maybe larger funding from outside of Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And with the, the, the new cohorts coming on in terms of persons with the positions coming up in terms of the new JCPD, it should be able to have persons who are disabled, who are educated and trained to get some of those positions to be able to better cater for the members within that same committee because generally they would know what best would work for them mm -hmm. and they I guess generally you'll get better programs going out that that geared um for the for the membership. So I think 
within a few years, I guess we should see some changes in terms of getting more funding and more persons receiving those assistance across Jamaica. Shavin, what, that, what, that, what, oh. what motivational word, I shouldn't say word, but what motivational encouragement would you leave with our listeners? You know, especially listeners who are disabled, who really need to think of something to move themselves upward. Mm -hmm. All right. For me, um, it's a simple, it's a simple um, motivational thought, a simple statement. You know, generally people say the sky's the limit. You know, person will say, you just work and, and, and do your best. But generally, for me, if uh, I'm going to say, if it is to be, it is up to me. And simply saying, not saying you're going to do it all by yourself. Mm. You have to be independent. But, but you, you must have the will. You have to have the will. Mm. You understand? So that's basically what I'm saying. You have to have the will. So if mm. you want to get a car on the road, you have to work towards getting that car. You know, you have to get, if you need to get assistance, mm. you, need, you, you need to have the will to, 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 to sustain resilience. Mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what it can come down to, resilience. You understand? You have to have the, the push yes. to go for it. Mm -hmm. So otherwise, if it is to be, it is up to me. So if it is to be, it is up to you. Yes. But don't feel that you're going to do it by yourself. You understand? I say no man is going to no man stands alone. So you may need assistance, but it's always start with you, the individual. You have to have the willpower, the resilience to go forward. So that is what I would leave with them. Shavin, thank you very much for sitting down and chatting with me on this interview. I've enjoyed every minute of it and I want to wish you all the best for the future and trust that things will go well for you. Yeah, man. Thank you very much for having me as well and all the best yes. um, with the podcast going forward. Yeah. If you have any questions or comments regarding this program, please address them to norwill2 at gmail.com that is n-o-r-w-i-l-l number 2 at gmail.com thanks for listening have a happy and productive week that's it for today join me next time when we will present another in the series Vision School Music was provided by Rennie Williams, Jr.